Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to another episode of the Grip for 60 podcast, uh, fan survey edition. Not that we put out the survey. No, we didn't. I mean, if we put we, out a survey, no. like five people would respond to it. No, we're, we're, we're going to talk about a survey. We're going to talk about a survey put out by The Athletic. Um, Marat, I don't know if he conducted the survey or just looked at, I don't know. I don't, I, I did not see the survey when it came out to answer I questions. saw I saw the Sharks one, which I filled I, out. I like a good Sharks one. I haven't seen any surveys. I don't I don't know where these are coming from. Um but I we saw the results. And folks, we got opinions. Shocker. <laughs> and a surprising turn of events. We have opinions. Um my name's Connor Farrell, you can call me T C and I am joined in the same room with Hey everyone, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. Gumby. Don't call me that. Gumby. Nah. We're gonna... Nah. It's so much better. No, it's not. It's so much better. Yeah. So, like we said, we're, we're kind of... We are struggling a little bit, maybe, to come up with stuff to yes. talk about. But I thought this was an interesting article. Yeah. And it gives us some time to debate we have some agreements with the guy, the fans. Um, I think we're, we're we can consider ourselves part of the fans. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah. Um, we have some agreements. We have some disagreements. I can already tell which takes are going to be spicy. I just like the first question here because it's a pretty like easy question to answer. And it was, what is the biggest obstacle standing between Winnipeg and a Stanley Cup? And over 80% of people answered defense. Yes. And for the 12% of you that answered coaching. That's okay, too. That's okay. Listen, you're wrong, but I understand. I don't see any... So they're color-coded. I don't see the color for goaltending. Goaltending, right. right. Yeah. So <laughs> at least we have so, that color. Yeah, we've, we've got... Yeah. At least, you know, heart candidates. Listen... Laurent Brossois is clearly preventing the Jets from winning a Stanley Cup. <laughs> and, and uh. you know, I understand coaching I, is probably holding this holding this team back. Um, but if you think it is a worse problem than defense, you're wrong. You are just wrong. Yeah, the, I, nobody's getting anything out of that defense. Um, just not happening. Do I disagree with what Paul Maurice does? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Did 100%. we really need no, to see, yeah. uh, what was it, Shifley, Line, and uh, Connor together for, for a really long time before like realizing, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> but 
But I guess to some degree it was kind of working because they were scoring. And that is the object. They were I mean, achieving their goals, yeah. literally. Yeah, but I don't know if I can give a coach credit for Shifley having some like crazy on-ice shooting percentage. So, Is Kyle Connor's shooting percentage not as I mean, high? I feel like he shoots pretty well. Yeah, but I'm just saying that like they were scoring on an absurdly high level of chances, oh, especially yeah. given like what they were actually producing. But I don't think we really need to discuss that question any further. No, 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 no. If we do, it'll come up in the other questions as Um, well. This was one I thought was interesting. I don't don't want to cover all of them because some of them are just, like, really easy. And I don't think there's really much to talk about. Right. Or some of them are just old because they put out the survey before some stuff happened. But um, By some stuff, you mean officially terminating Dustin Bufflin's contract? Yeah, pretty much. Or um, there was one other thing. Oh, there was a question about if they would sign Dylan Sandberg or not. And they have. like, oh, okay, yeah, they did. But, uh, but the response, I think, weren't the responses on that yes or very yes? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're right either way. So, but the question I think is interesting is, how realistic is a Stanley Cup for Winnipeg before the end of Blake Wheeler's contract? How long is his contract? Um, he's got this season, whatever's left of it, mm-hmm. if there's anything left of it, plus four more. Okay, so... Alright, so I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that there's no more season. Yeah. So, four four seasons left on the contract. Or even if they are, or even if there is one, maybe the Jets don't get in. Keep going. Right, okay. Um, I don't understand these responses, because it just says one, two, three, or four. I think it's, like, uh, likelihood. So, like, I think if... Three, four being the most likely? I think so. Like, four is, like, very positive. Like, you're very confident. Okay. That there is, like, that it's realistic that a Stanley Cup for Winnipeg. Then I think I would agree with the fans. I don't think... Yes, this team is bad. But I think it is... It's not an easy fix. But they're not too far away from actually being competitive. Maybe I would lean more towards two than I would three. Um, But if they can... I think if they just bring in, if they, you know, re-sign uh, DeMello, bring in another veteran defenseman, uh, promote some of the young guys up to get some smaller minutes, uh, and develop them as the season goes on, you know, you can solve the defense problem. Not solve the defense problem, but patch it up a bit there, right? You've got the talent offensively, and it's just finding a way... For um, finding a way to get that offense to click in the way that it should be with the talent that you have there. Um, so yeah, I think I a lot of it. I think a lot of it is if the Jets can find a way to ship out some dead weight on the roster. Yeah. Basically, like four defensemen and like Gabriel Bork. You know. Yeah. Like that. Some of that fourth line. Just like, why are you here? I. They. I mean, if with the right moves, they could be a contender after an off season or two. Right, but I feel like also we're kind of talking about like a semi-radical like reset or overhaul. What do you mean? Like I feel like we're asking for a decent amount of movement. Yes, which but it's is not unrealistic not to to something expect. that like the Jets have done. That's fair. Like Jeffrey Dayovit is. I'm not saying he's good. Not saying he's bad. He just doesn't really blow things up or, 
you know, tear things down and well, build back up. Again. And I don't even necessarily I would call it blowing things up because you're not you're keeping the core of this team together. You're it's the it's the depth depth pieces that we're looking for. Right, but I, I, I'm just gonna, saying that yeah. like it's not like Chevel Dayoff is a super active guy when it comes to no. like transactions. But that defense is a black hole. Yes. You have to do something about that. Yes. Maybe you get a third line winger or something. I don't know. But I don't think you need. Well, and honestly, they've got pieces to promote too that you could fill that gap as well. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, I feel like a decent amount of it's just going to depend on Connor Halbuck. Like, I am a little worried about next season because I'm not going to get like this kind of performance out of Halbuck again. Probably not. I don't think. Uh, so if he but regresses again, if they, if, and like they don't really improve the defense that much, or they try to and it doesn't really work out, like it could get bad. But I guess we'll see. I guess what what then worries me is, are they going to? Uh, how is their evaluation of free agent defensemen? Right? Are they going to bring in someone else that's like Cody Eakin that we don't really like? Right. <laughs> So whoever the defensive version <laughs> of that is, are they going to bring in Lucas Sabiza again? Like, so that brings I also don't. Question. I also don't know what free agent defensemen are out there, but that's. Um. So the Athletic also asked this summer: Winnipeg should sign Cody Eakin, Dylan DeMello, both or neither. Dylan DeMello. And ninety-four point seven percent answered. Either Dylan DeMello or Dylan De- or sorry, both. Yeah. So I think in that regard, overwhelming. I, I think I agree with it's the fans. Nearly unanimous. Yeah. That the Jets should bring back Dylan DeMello. Dylan DeMello. Yeah. Which I mean, I think he resigned in Ottawa. So if Ottawa is able to resign him, I mean, I oh. think Winnipeg can. You know, because nobody like. Alexa to can, stay in Ottawa. Can right? DeMello's agent like bring up this article and be like, see, your fans want my client back. I don't see Give why us not. the money. Leverage. Give us the money that we want. I think it's I mean, I think it's a pretty easy question. I think you bring back to uh, DeMello but not Eakin. Yes, I would agree. I would also um, add this caveat. We ha- we didn't have a very big sample size of Cody Eakin in Winnipeg. Or Dylan DeMello. Or Dylan really. DeMello, but... But, I mean... I mean, knowing what we know of the two, I think there's we have more... Um, it's more reliable to say, yes, Dylan DeMello is a good player and is a good fit on this team, than it is to say that for... Cody Eakin. I feel. I guess what I'm saying is I feel like Cody Eakin came into this team with more to prove to keep his spot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. Um, and he just didn't have the time to do that, really. Um, right, but I'm just saying that given Cody Eakin's past performances, I don't really see why the Jets should keep him. That's fair, and I'm I'm just trying to, I'm trying to play the other side here, like what? Especially as like the second line center or whatever. Good God, yeah. no. <laughs> um, okay, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I think you, you pretty much hit all my thoughts there. Oh, Demel- good. Demello, yes, Eakin, no. Uh, there were actually uh, 
more people that said neither than just Kogeekin, so that's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure what your thoughts are there. Um, I mean, I would rather do... <laughs> I mean, I'd rather just do DeMello, but if I had to choose neither or Cody Eakin, yeah. I don't know. I'd rather just not answer that question. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to pause this here, and we're going to roll a quick message from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me, and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just really... Ugh. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered controls. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN, let me repeat, THPN, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I hope you enjoyed that product and or service. There you go. Um, welcome back to our episode where we talk about what the fans think and what we think. And we are also the fans. This is a very weird relationship we have here. Um, hello, the fans. We are us. So going back to defense, defense. Um, the next question they posed was, what about Winnipeg's other pending UFA defensemen? Being they can all walk. Kulikov, Bolyu, Spiza, or Potato. They can all walk. I I feel like... There's one that I think... Well, maybe two that I would... Spiza, Potato, go. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to keep one just to keep numbers. And I don't... I think... I don't like Kulikov at four mil. No, if, no. If we can pay him like a third pairing defenseman and play him like a third pairing defenseman on his side, yeah, I am not opposed to keeping Dmitry Kulikov. Bolu, I don't. He's a guy you can replace him. I think I'd rather have 
I think I'd rather give ice time to one of our young kids and let them develop at an NHL level than give ice time to Bolden. Right, but I think you still need to keep a vet or two to... Right, well, that's... Well, I would much rather keep Kulikov in that regard. Yeah, but I think Bolu will come probably cheaper. So... I mean, like, neither are really any good. My vote is still Kulikov. I think if we can get the right price for Kulikov... I think it would also be the right price and the right term, too. But you have to remember that he's... Kulikov's 29. Right. And he's coming off a pretty nice deal. I, I don't really think that he's going to be the kind of guy that's like, yeah, you know what, sure, one year, two million, that's fine, perfect. You know, cause, right, because you only get so many chances at getting paid, you know? Okay. Well, can we take our chances with signing Kulikov first, and if it doesn't work out, then go bull you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but that would be my guess. If you're, de- to me, if you're debating between, like, two pretty mediocre defensemen, to put it lightly, like, just take the one that's cheaper, even if that guy's a little worse. Right? Like, I don't really think you should be paying right. more for slightly better mediocrity. When you can, you know use that towards the other parts of the roster. That's fair. I just, I do think that there is a bigger value in having Kulikov around some of the younger players than I do necessarily. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm making stuff up at this point. But, and I think it's because of that, though, that there was an overwhelming majority that said bring back Bolu if you had to bring back one, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. I mean, none of... Those four options are great. No. And I'd rather not have any of them in a perfect world. Yeah, but I feel like they're probably going to have to keep one of them. Right. Okay. So. Moving on. Um. This I, is I, the, I don't. I don't really feel like talking about this all that much because I don't think it's a very interesting question. Well, I have. Well. I just wanted to point out. I mean, I think I would bring back. Again, this is the, the Kulikov problem here. If, for the right price, I would bring back um, Logan Shaw, Nick Shore. Um, right, but I mean, like, they're I mean, both just guys. Yes, they are, but they, we, they've we proven to be effective and a fourth, on the fourth line, and you need guys who are... If you're going to be competitive, you need these players. Uh, and it's, again, Mark Lentestu can go, Gabriel Bork, eh. Yeah, those those last two can go. I yeah. again, this is going to be about how much are they? Are we don't invest in these guys for sure? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't hate bringing them back. My general feeling is that I feel like Nick Shore is going back to Europe or whatever. I, I don't I don't really see a whole lot of teams being interested in Nick Shore just because. Okay. I mean, both Shore and, Shaw? and Shore and Shaw are just guys. They're just. I mean, they are. Guys. They are just guys, but. They've been effective this season. Right, I'm just saying, I don't really feel like debating between Nick Shore and Logan Shaw right now. No, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not telling you you should. Uh, Alright. Uh, this is this is the spicy one. Because this, this is really a two-part question. Yeah. Should Winnipeg trade a high-end winger for a high-end defenseman? No! I 
feel like that that whole discussion, whether it's the Jets or the Leafs, when was the last time somebody dealt a high-end winger for a high-end defenseman? And it worked out for both teams. Or even the team that dealt the winger, like... That's how you get I'm into that, even, that's how like, you, that's how you get into Taylor Hall for Adam Watterson territory. I'm not even gonna try to um, play the other side of this. The answer is just no. The only way I could see it is if it was like, you know, one of we'll, we'll, we'll get to this one of Line A, Ellers or um, Connor. Who are you getting? Yeah, like, I'd yeah. say it would have to be like a true, like, number one in their prime. Right, Are you, we getting Dougie Hamilton? Then maybe. <laughs> you know, like, it's gonna, it would have to be, like, something of that level. Yeah. It wouldn't be just like, oh, yeah, we're gonna trade line A for, like, a second-pairing guy. It's like, no, that's not the point of this. But then again, like, we don't see this kind of trade happen very often. Like, it would have to be, like, a pure hockey trade to me. You know, yeah. one for one type stuff. Just not for Adam Larson. But no. We're pretty much in agreement on that. Yeah. So. 17%. I can't believe there was 17% of you that said. This yeah. was the one I was like. Oh, here we yeah. go. Yeah. And it was like. So the next Part question two. was like. If you wanted to trade one of the wingers, like, who would you trade? And like, the majority said Ellers. Yeah, yeah, okay, so your like, options are Line A, Connor, or Ellers. See, oh. I can I could see you making an argument that's like, we don't need both Line A and Connor. Right? Like, I could see them maybe thinking, okay, we really don't need two snipers who can't play defense. Right. I don't Ellers. see how Ellers is one of the guys uh. you would trade unless you're just like, well, his stock is at his highest point right now, so let's just sell high on him. You know it would be spicy? Ellers has, or Line has, what, one more season on that contract before you have to pay him? I think so. If they sh could trade Line for a high-end defenseman to a team that thinks they can re-sign Line right? So then you don't have to pay Line later. He's got a lot of media attention, so maybe you get a better deal, or you get more value back from him than you would for the other two, possibly. That's just my thinking, is that teams are probably willing to give up more for Patrick Laine than they would for Ellers or um, Kyle Connor, um, depending on their analytics department. Um, so maybe I could say, I may, I'm thinking maybe you go Laine, just because I don't want to trade either Connor or um, Ellers anyway, so I was already in this camp of, well, if I had to trade one, I would pick Lining. But I'm, I'm starting to... What do you think of these arguments? I mean, I think... I feel like it's really difficult picking between Lining and Connor, because I feel like they're pretty similar players. In the sense that they're both high-end shooters who don't really drive play all that much and are yeah. absolutely awful defensively. I've said it multiple times. Kyle Connor's offensive numbers this year are abysmal, like league yeah. worst. He's as much as we rip on Drysdale for not playing defense. Kyle Connor's also up there. That's fair. That's fair. I do also just 
I mean, I, you can see an evolution in Patrick Glyne from this season compared to last season. So maybe you're missing a lot of the upside there with Patrick. Whereas Kyle Connor's probably the player that he's going to be. I think there's a little bit more upside with Patrick Line. So maybe if you trade him, you're missing out on that versus um, Kyle Connor's probably at his ceiling. If that makes sense? Yeah, I don't know. It's just... I, I, I don't think it's a the, great hypothetical the, in the first place. The point of this question, bringing this up, is we have beef with you guys who said Nikolai Ellers. That's, that's pretty true. He's... Uh, just... Watch the games, nerds. He's just... I mean, as far as... You can't... Re I mean, it's very difficult to replace his ability to move the puck, get the puck into dangerous areas. Speed. It's, it's his speed. I just... For what... You know, I think... You know, Marat made a, an excellent point in the article is that you could arguably say that he's had the better season of the three of them. Yeah. Although Kyle Connor does have more points. <laughs> the best argument. <laughs> Remember. Well, I points. mean, look, that it, that's what we that's yeah, why we I play know. the game. I know. Um I was gonna say, yeah, I just feel like Ellers is a good play driver on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of good play drivers. Correct. So getting rid of one of your few good play drivers doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. I just um, it doesn't. I don't know. Somebody tweet at us at grip per sixty pod. Tweet at us and tell me why you would trade others, and we will tell you why you're wrong. And then they also asked, like, regardless of if you would trade them or not, pick the best of the three. And line A was it was close between Connor and line A, and then Ellers was a, deep, a distant third. So we've got beef. We have beef. Big time beef. Um, Big time see. beef. It's uh, really time, boys. Yeah. I also just like uh, this two-part question of which problem worries you more, second-line center or top-four defense? Yeah. Overwhelmingly in favor of top-four yep. defense. Um, and then which problem will get solved first? Overwhelmingly top-four defense over second-line center. Yeah. Which... To piggyback off that, I feel like uh, somewhere in here that Winnipeg fans have decided that uh, uh, shoot Andrew Koff is Winnipeg's second best center. It's pretty kind of, they, it was pretty close between him and Brian Little, but mm -hmm. it's my boy Andrew Kopp. That yeah, that is your boy Andrew Kopp. You know who I would pick Kopp over the rest of those. Anyway. You know who was last? Dead last. Cody Egan. Cody Egan. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why. He's not good. He's not good. He's not very good. But, yeah. I mean, Andrew Kopp was one of the few guys who's good defensively for them. You know, mm -hmm. I guess maybe identity-wise that fits more into your, like, third-line center. But I just, you know, I have a hard time picking Brian Little for anything right now. Yeah. I know he's good. I know he's good, and I know he makes this team better when he's in the lineup. But that's about all I know. You know, like, he's just... And this isn't anything against Brian Little. He, The fact is, he hasn't played much because of injuries. And a lot of it is very unfortunate for him. I can't I can't pick him over Andrew Kopp, who has shown to be good. 
Well, plus, I mean, Brian Little's health status. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I, I try not to put that on the player. Yeah, well, no, but it's, it is something you have to consider. I'm not saying it was his fault. No, that he was yeah. skating behind the net and a def- slap shot deflected up into yeah. his face. Yeah, no. I guess it was more the back of the head, but in his face was more dramatic. Let's see. Uh... What do you think um, Jack Roslevic's ceiling is? Middle six guy. Middle six guy? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That, that wasn't really an option. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was um... top six forward... Second line center, I think, were the options. Yeah, it was top like top center. six winger, bottom six forward, top line center, second line center. I'm just like, he's a guy who you float between the second and the third lines. Yeah. I think if we're talking ceilings, uh, second line wing. I think that's his ceiling. What he's going to be, or what he's, what he probably is, is what you're saying. It's probably actually not a big difference between his ceiling and what he's probably going to be. Um, Though I would like to see him get more opportunities higher up in the lineup yes. and on the power play, but yes, you know we'll see. Certainly, I want. You know what would be interesting? Question to ask: What is the ceiling for Jansen Harkins? I, I think you need another season before you start figuring that out. Well, but if we give it another season, we'll know what it is. I want yeah. to try to predict this. I think he's a very because he started what third line, fourth line guy. Before the before the break, he was getting some serious minutes. Well, for a short time, he was. I mean, we're also talking about a guy with seven points in twenty nine games. Well, I don't know. He was a third or fourth line guy. That's what they do. Put him with, you know, if you put him with uh, your your big play drivers, let's see what he does then. Do you have anything else you wanted to uh, discuss? No, I got most of my points out there, I think. That was very cathartic. Good, I'm glad you feel... I'm trying to figure out how to verb cathartic, and I can't, I can't do it. Catharticized, I'm glad you feel catharticized. That's the closest I can get. Guess I've had a catheter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a catharsis? <sighs> Alright. Uh, so, you can follow the pod on Twitter at Gripper60Pod. Same goes for Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at BeFarrell727. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And, you know, Follow all of our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network because, you know, they're cool people. And yeah, they're good people. Even the Oilers pod that somehow we have Stop. a beef with now. <laughs> all right. Um, Tweet at us who you think should win the heart, and we'll tell you why it's Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll do a whole episode on this. Anyway. And get someone else mad at us. Uh, thanks for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.